you played pretty much so many iconic uh, TV shows from The Walton, Sanford and Son. I want to start off by asking you this. Um, so with the way that things are going now with uh, TV, is there any TV shows that you are, are currently watching a lot? Oh, I have my favorite little shows that I watch. Yeah, but, you know, primarily I watch sports and, you know, NBA, NFL, but I watch the different shows on uh, network television uh, um, just about every night. I got a couple I take because I don't sleep good. I go to bed early, and I wake up in the middle of the night, and I play back stuff I taped. <laughs> but uh, I have my shows I watch on Monday and Tuesday and like that. I, I watch the uh, – the uh, the NBC shows on Wednesday night, like I last night, I watched Chicago Med, uh, Fire and PD and stuff like that. And then on Thursdays, I watched Law and Order and stuff like that. But I, you know, I tune into the political channels. I follow things with NBC and CNN and stuff like that. I don't do too much uh, Netflix and uh, Roku uh, unless I know <laughs> something. My dub, my kids. And back in D.C. and Pittsburgh, they called me up, Dad, you need to watch so-and-so on Netflix. And since they put all of that on my smart TV, I switch over and I to give it a shot, you know. Mm-hmm. So the Walton and 227 uh, anniversary, the anniversary for both of those shows, I just want to ask you, what was the first thing that you remember uh, from filming, maybe the first uh, show from either 227 or the Walton? What do you remember very clearly from um, your first taping of those shows? You know, it's interesting that you asked me that. I just, for the first time since March 2019, on account of COVID, I haven't traveled, but I just came back from seeing my kids in D.C. and Pittsburgh. And I was coming up the steps from my uh, a little apartment that my daughter has down in her basement, and I heard my voice. As I was coming up the stairs, when I got up to the stop, lo and behold, the top of the stairs, lo and behold, it was the very first Waltons I had ever done. My first wow. guest star shot on the Waltons, <laughs> where I was coming to Walton Mountains with my little boy. To uh, I was an itinerant guy who traveled all over the place. He had no roots, and that was the name of the episode was Roots. And uh, I marveled at it. I said, what a coincidence to come up these steps and see my first show episode on the Waltons, and the Waltons to me has always been very precious because of two things. Earl Hamner, the creator, always confided in me before he wrote stuff about Holly Foster, the character I played, to get a true picture of what the point of view was from a black man's perspective and and what I thought about it, how it should be done. And then he turned around and did it the way I suggested, you know. That was wonderful. Not many experiences like that with producers. You know, they have the pages. They want you to say exactly what's on the page, and that's that. They don't really care about your opinion. But that was wonderful. And the fact that they claimed me in five years of doing recurring roles on that show, they claimed me as part of the regular cast, even though I didn't do every episode. You know, and I've been at every union down in in uh, uh, Charlottesville and other places where we've had New Jersey, where we had reunions, and we had the 45th one back in New Jersey, and we had another one mm-hmm. in L.A., the follow-up in Burbank. So they've made me feel I was really a part of their family. 
Wow. That's amazing. So I want to get into um, the National Black Theater Festival uh, in NC. Uh, you was a special guest. Uh, how did that go? I've been doing that since 1991. They've faded me. They've invited me every year. They've faded me with three outstanding achievement awards. I've been involved with the play reading program. I've done four plays there. It's a wonderful experience. It's a wonderful way to network with people from all across the country who would not usually be in contact with each other. They hear about each other, New York, L.A., Chicago, wherever. And they do 80 plays in seven days at different venues all over the area of uh, North Carolina, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, at, at uh, different venues and college campuses, uh, Salem State, and different places like that. And it's just a wonderful, mm-hmm. wonderful program. They have a new uh, new writers club where they read over 50 plays out loud when, and uh, have audiences critique it and question the answer period. It's a wonderful thing. It would never work anywhere else but in Winston-Salem because the local community <laughs> and, the Cal- and the community of the colleges around there, about 10 different colleges, they all support it and look forward to it coming every other year. This year, the founder died, Larry Leon Hammond, died four years ago. His widow who took over the reins, she suddenly died in January, so we weren't really sure we won't be able to pull it off, but they did. It was well attended, and it used to be every odd-numbered year until the pandemic. So then they had it in 22. From now on, it'll be an even-numbered year. The next one will be in 24. Wow. And I want to ask you this. You know, you've mentioned the pandemic and COVID and things like that. I just want to say, like, what are your thoughts on the, the world kind of opening back up um, from, you know, being in the pandemic and how how bad it, it everything was at the time? from, you know, now things are starting to open back up. How do you feel about uh, that? I think we should be cautious because what I tried mm-hmm. to impress upon the naysayers and different people who didn't want to cooperate and complained about not being able to go to public places, go to the beach or wear a mask and all this other stuff, I said, you look around, other countries have been wearing masks for years. I said, but you yeah. have to, you, you're spoiled here with a little inconvenience this thing is new. Nobody knew. Look what happened in New York City when they had bodies sitting in refrigerated trucks because they couldn't bury them fast enough and all that stuff. This wow. thing was new. It was all trial and error. And why people could could not get in. When I was growing up in the 50s, I remember vividly when they discovered the salt vaccine for polio, nobody ever thought about not going to get the shot. You know, mm-hmm. And that's what I compare it to and that we need to get used to the idea that this may turn out to be something like giving a flu shot every year. This may be something that's just here to stay. We get it under control, but getting rid of it, I don't think nobody knows for sure, not even the scientists. Yeah, it's it's pretty. I think just like you said, we just got to be cautious. That's just how you got to go about it. So I want to ask you this. Um, Before I get into your uh, cookbook and your memoir, I want to ask you, so because we're a hip-hop magazine, I want to see if you can remember your first hip-hop album that you ever listened to. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's difficult. You could give me three and I could pick out one. Okay, three um, is fine. Oh, I can't, I can't, I, I, I can't focus. 
because uh, I'm <laughs> primarily a jazz aficionado. I get the hip hop oh, yeah, stuff through my kids, through my kids, yeah. because that you know, Papa, Grandpa, Daddy, this is what you should listen to. Blah 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 blah. You know, that's how I get exposure to all these new trends. Otherwise, I can't I can't keep up with you guys. I know you you you're one of them too. <laughs> This is young. I can't keep up with you. I can't keep up. I got two computers, and I'm not getting off the subject. I got a Mac, an HP. I got a tablet. I got a flip phone. I got an iPhone. I got everything in the world. And they say, oh, it's easy. I said, when I want to know something, I call up my granddaughter. I don't try to sit in and figure it out because you guys don't know how to transfer the information to somebody else. <laughs> it's, it's like water rolling off a duck's back to you. So the same thing with the music thing. It changes so rapidly and so fast. I'll watch it. I'll watch the shows on TV when the, when they have the music and stuff like that. And I have uh, music uh, music on my on my uh, provider spectrum, mm-hmm. and where they have a movie, two, three or four movie channels, and they play the hip hop. But I can't focus on certain ones that I really, really like. When I hear, it, I say, "Oh yeah, I did that. Turn that up." You know, <laughs> stuff like that. So you did mention jazz. Jazz is actually one of my favorite genres as well. So if you could, you could name a jazz album that um that one of your first jazz albums you heard. Well, uh, the, the Commodores of Zoom, and I grew up, believe it or not, with Nancy Wilson, who's a dear oh, friend. Wow. We played we played husband and wife on Sanford on a Sinbad show. Yeah. But I grew up with Nancy mm-hmm. in Columbus, Ohio. I was there at the club the night Cannonball Adderley, who was been town for the weekend at the club, had the night off and came in on talent night, and Nancy was singing. And as they say, the rest is history. When he left town and went to New York, he took Nancy Wilson with him. And I've known Nancy all my life until she passed away. Matter of fact, we didn't live too far from each other right down here in the California desert. Her ranch is about 20 minutes from mine in Yucca Valley. Wow, that's amazing. Do you remember like a, a favorite uh, memory with Nancy? Yeah, I, uh, well, uh, <laughs> I can tell you, I can tell you a, a funny situation when we were doing the Sinbad yeah. show. Now the world knows who Nancy Wilson is, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. There was a, yep. there's some kids in the show, and one day this one kid who fancies himself a singer, I'm not gonna name him. Because he's famous now, and I don't want to embarrass him. So we were all talking about, you know, different things that happened in our careers and singing and everything. So Nancy was saying a couple of things about uh, something that happened to her. And this young man turned to her and said, and we're talking like 1990, right after 227, 1992 or 3. Okay. He looked at Nancy Wilson and he said, oh, you sing too? And wow. both Sinbad and I slapped him on the back of the head. Slapped him on the back of the head. Said, you dummy, do you know who you working with? Who's playing your yeah. grandmother? <laughs> <laughs> you talking about a generation gap? That was huge. That was like the Grand Canyon gap. <laughs> wow. Is, is it? Would it be? Would it be bad if you could get like the first letter of whoever's name it is? R. Could you give like the first letter of the the artist? I did. I did. I knew that. I I did. Knew that. It's an R. You hear? Oh, it's an R. 
I didn't. I didn't hear that far, but wow. So I want to ask you this. Uh, you are doing, you are writing a cookbook. Uh, could you tell us a bit about what spectators should expect from what you would be writing about in the cookbook and the type of recipes that you are uh, on? No. No, yes, I will. What I'm doing is, and they're pressing <laughs> me to do this, and I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just being facetious. Don't take me seriously. I'll answer your question like this. When I was growing up, I learned to cook. I went to culinary art school doing, uh, when we were doing downtime on 227 in, in 86. Mm-hmm. I went to a culinary art school, cooking, took a cooking class. Never had a cooking class in my life. I learned to cook in my great grandmother's house. When I was growing up, I stayed with my great-grandmother. She raised me with an iron hand and a loving heart. And I learned how to cook from her, wash clothes, clean, everything, because I was the love of her heart, but she would whip my butt any time I did something wrong. But she never felt I was going to find a woman that was good enough for me. So she taught me all this stuff. And even when I got married, she didn't like my first wife at all. She referred to her as that girl. But uh, she had taught me all these things. And that's how, when I got divorced, you know, I was a single parent. I got my kids when I got divorced. I taught them the same way she taught me, how to cook, recipes. She didn't write recipes. She did everything out of her head and, and her heart and by feel and taste. So I'd be in the kitchen with her, and especially in the summertime, back then they used to, they used to can, you know, peaches and, and, and jam and all that stuff. And I had to take it down in the basement in the root cellar and, and store it until wintertime. I watched them do all that. I learned how to do that. I learned how to, uh, to cook, uh, macaroni and cheese was one of my favorites. She taught me how to do that. It's just uh, everything I learned about cooking, I learned from her. That's how it happened. Mm-hmm. And, uh, from, from then on, it's been when I was when I did live with my stepfather and my mother for two years. My mother used to work for the government at night, and she would work three to eleven. So when my father came home, he and I finished off whatever she had started for the evening meal for the two of us that she left. Whatever she started, we finished it off. That is another way I learned. Wow. And I want to get into this because you are, you know, you're a legendary uh, actor. And I want, to, I want to see if you are, you know, been paying attention to any of the current uh, actors that are out at the moment. Uh, who are, like, is there maybe one actor uh, from the new, newer generation that you are kind of, like, very impressed with? It could be an actor, too. If, yes, if yes, 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 yes. But unfortunately... We lost him. It almost brings me to see Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. I was very, very impressed with that young man. Very. Because he did, even though I never really met him, aside from his work, he he had not allowed himself. You know, the business can make, have an indelible negativity placed on you or affect you. He never came off that it affected him in any negative way. He was always so personable, so down-to-earth, so honest and approachable. And people ask me all the time when I'm someplace, they say, how come you, you, don't, you don't mind getting autographs or taking pictures and everything? And I said, let me tell you something. When I don't want to be bothered, I don't come out. 
I said, well, when I was growing up, there was nobody to take that looked like me to take a selfie with or get an autograph. Yeah. I said, so mm-hmm. uh, if it wasn't for people out there that want to do that with me, where would I be? My career wouldn't have gone anywhere without an audience. So how could I possibly ignore the people that made my career possible? So that's the way I felt about Chadwick. He came off. I was dying to get to meet him at some point. And a uh, dear friend of mine, uh, Glenn Terman, got to work with him in Mulvaney's uh, Black Bottom just before he passed away. But uh, he, I was highly impressed by him over a whole myriad of actors that had come along in the last two generations. I thought he's really stood yeah. out. Yeah, that yeah, he he was definitely awesome. Um, I want to get into this. So we are we have a midterm election uh, taking place November eighth. I'm not sure if you want to speak on um, the voting, but I just wanted to see if you could give me or just give us a uh, just give us get, tell us how important it is for the younger generation to actually get out and vote in the midterm election that's taking place in November eighth. I think. For the first time in my life, and I came up through the 50s and on up, this is the most important election we've ever had because it's a direct threat to the democratic way of life we espound to have in this country because there's so much negativity abounding, not only with the January 6th thing of last year, but it's so important for people, if people would just wake up and see all the different ways there's a movement to destroy your right to vote. I don't care what part of you in. Your right to vote is being trying is being taken away from you if they're successful. And I think that's that's what a lot of people are missing. They think that it's aimed primarily black people, brown people, people of color, and everything. I said, what you don't understand? They're messing with the very fiber of the election process, and when they get to the point where they're so afraid of mail-in ballots and early voting and things like that, that they are destroy, trying to destroy the post office system, wow. wake up, people. Yeah. Wake up, people. It would, if it's that important, you should realize if it's that important enough for them to try and scramble and destroy it, it should be that important for you to keep it no matter what. So go vote. And I want you to name one song that describes your life at this very moment. If you could think of a song, uh, which one song would that be? Hello? <laughs> uh, I'm here. I want to say My Way. My Way by Usher? My way is a song. I did it my way. I did it my way. It's a Frank Sinatra song. Frank Sinatra. Okay. Yeah, of all the, of, the, of the songs, uh, and in my son, my son, who I lost in 1977, my 22-year-old oh, son wow. was killed in the National Forest. That was his. Favorite song, my my way, and I had that song at his at his service. But that way in the house I live in, both of those are 
are um, Sinatra songs. I'm a total romantic, as you can see, from back in the day. Uh, uh, and I subscribe to songs that mean something to me, regardless of color and anything. I have a lot of favorite songs. But that song describes yeah. me. Uh, and a lot of people don't understand me, and I don't care. Uh, I wish they did. But that's where I live my life. I have never been part of a herd mentality. Don't tell me I'm looking across the street at a door and I say it's red and you say it's not red or something else. You can't change my point of view. I lock into it and I make up my mind based on how I perceive it, how I'm affected by it, and what I think I can do it in processing it, what I can do with it to bring it to fruition as it affects me in my life. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you this because uh, I write for Respect Magazine. If you could think of the first thing that comes to your mind when you see the word respect, uh, what is your personal definition of that word to end our interview last week? Respect, uh, aside from Aretha Franklin, <laughs> uh, respect, I think, is carte blanche across the board with anybody you meet. Treat that person the same way you would like to be treated, regardless of their station, walk of life, color, or anything. I think we would have a lot fewer problems in this country if everybody adopted that model. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen. It hasn't happened to it to a large enough degree to make it a monumental thing and a way to live your life. But I try to show everybody that. I don't care who they are, where they are. I remember I got into an argument a couple of times at a voter registration with a prominent actor whose name I won't I won't say uh, because he wanted to <laughs> chastise me at a voter registration thing because I took the time out to sign autographs and he was pissed. Mm-hmm. He didn't want it. He didn't want to sign them. So after it was over, he said, "I come, you." and mess things up, and I don't want to get no autograph, and I just looked at him. And I said, the best thing for you to do is walk away. I said, how dare you tell me? The best thing for you to do, sir, is walk away. And that's why I left that, because, you know, um, you got to give everybody their props. You don't know what people have been through. You don't know what's going on in somebody's mind. You might disrespect someone at the time that caused them to do something very disastrous to themselves and everybody around them. Why do you think we having all this mass thing with with weaponry and and firearms and yeah. can't get bills passed to put bans on assault weapons? All this confusion and stuff. All that comes out of lack of respect. Yeah. All right, and I think that's going to end our interview, Hal. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time out your day to do this interview with Respect Magazine. We greatly appreciate it. And I hope you enjoyed the rest of your day. I really enjoyed our interview. So thank you so much. Ayana, please.